Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, And today I have Mark Winship with me. Mark is the founder of Gateway Accommodation and Stay New Forest. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Nice to see you. It's lovely to see you too. So let's get into your background. Let's start there. You've got two brands, Gateway Accommodation and Stay New Forest. So tell us about them. Yeah, so... I run both businesses with my wife, Caroline, and we've got two other business partners that we run Stay New Forest with. We started investing and we launched our service accommodation business at the beginning of 2019. So we had a few months lead into things before the whole world got turned upside down during COVID. But but we've kind of built and grown through that period. We, we started investing in property actually a few years before that with a different strategy. And then we decided to focus on short-term rentals um, at the beginning of 2019. And we initially focused on kind of working stays and contractor style accommodation in the Midlands, in the UK. And we've kind of branched out from there and we, we, we grew quite a substantial base around the Midlands. And then we started investing more on the South Coast around the kind of luxury holiday let market and the, 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 the portfolio kind of grew and grew and we got more excited about the strategy if you like and we actually launched our first apart hotel back in 2021 which was which was a really interesting project and then we launched our second hotel in the summer so it's kind of despite everything that covid has thrown at the hospitality and hospitality industry we've kind of i guess found ways to grow and scale and, and and move forward so it's been a bit of a whirlwind journey to be honest over the last what is it four years now but yeah, that's that's where we find ourselves now. So we're, we're basically split between two areas. We cover kind of working stays around a regional airport in the Midlands area of the UK. And then off the back of our holiday lets that we had developed and set up down on the South Coast, we actually launched uh, a, a management agency called Stay New Forest, which was really around our sort of passion for the area. And it's a beautiful part of the UK. It's our favorite place to go and visit. And we really wanted to sort of tap into that passion and grow from there. So that's a fairly new business, but we're really excited about where that's going as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Cool. 
And today, because you've got, you know, you've got quite a sizable portfolio and we talk a lot on the podcast about, you know, smaller portfolios where you might have a couple of of units, you might have a couple of cottages, houses, a couple of apartments, but we're going to talk about some strategies for sort of a larger portfolio. So can, how yeah. many units in total do you have? So we're currently operating 59 units, soon to be 61. We're actually onboarding a couple more as we speak. So yeah, it's a decent sized portfolio. We're obviously, we're, we're geographically split as well. Mm-hmm. So they're not all on our do- doorstep. And that's become a bit of a personal fascination of mine, actually, is around how do we systemize the personalization of things? So the first few units that we launched, if you like, in the kind of short short stay rental space, were actually, I'm sat next to them right now, they're actually right next door to our house. No way. Oh, really? Yeah, literally next door. Yeah, It it, it was a title split. We split the title in half. We now live in the right-hand side. And we developed out what were some kind of agricultural outbuildings and cow sheds and stuff like that into six apartments, which we still run today and do really, really well. But clearly adding the personal touch to guests that stay at those properties to a certain extent wasn't difficult. We 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 live yes. right next door. We can just pop over, you know, we can add that that little sprinkling of of, of fairy dust quite easily. But obviously, as we've decided to scale this into a short-term rental business all across the UK, how do you maintain that level of personalization? And and what we want is for every guest to stay at our property to feel like it's the only property that we have, that that, that they're the only guests staying with Mm -hmm. us on that particular night. That's what we're trying to get across. And that's not easy when you're operating multiple units. And so I, I, I really get quite geeky about the the systems involved in making people feel valued and making them feel like they're getting a really premium guest experience. Mm-hmm. And because we, yeah, like you said, when you've got the next door, then that's a lot easier. When you've yeah. got just a couple, that's a lot easier. It's doing oh. it at on, you know, at scale. Yeah. That's where it gets really difficult. And geographically, with you guys being split in the country too, that makes it even more difficult because they're not even in your your local area. So can you tell us some of the things that you are doing to make the guests feel like they're the only ones that have ever stayed there? Yeah, because also just to pick up on that last point, it's not just mm-hmm. about the geography split. It's about the target market split as well. So yes. we're dealing with contractors and very much working stays and corporate stays on one hand, and then right up to sort of luxury leisure stays, bespoke, really quite bespoke leisure stays on the other hand. And what does personalization actually mean? Because it really depends mm-hmm. on who's staying, right? Yes. So for a contractor who's coming to the area to work, personalization might just be us showing that we've thought of everything. You know, we've got all of the answers to all the questions they might have on tap in a really convenient way that they can access. So we have a guest portal, for example, that they can log into. It's got all the information about the property obviously things like how to get in and how to use the appliances, but it's got links to our hand-picked kind of restaurants and takeaways and places to shop. And although we may never personally speak to those guests, so we're running effectively an automated kind of faceless organization, but they feel that all their needs have been met and they've got all the information at their fingertips and they know how they can reach us if they need to. So for someone who's staying for work, 
that is per that they don't want my, my wife has a phrase she calls it helicopter hosting You've heard of helicopter parenting where yeah. you just, yeah. you're all around the buzzing around more time. Contractors don't want that. You know, they, no. they, they want to just be able to let themselves in, but also feel like all their needs have been met. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's very much about the, the, the system side of things. Um, but we even, we, we even go to some, some, some kind of really like, um, I guess detailed kind of lengths where as part of our automated message thread that goes out through our, channel manager, we include a link to a video of myself and Caroline actually introducing ourselves and just, you know, showing yeah. them the face behind the brand. And because if you're going to scale and particularly if you're going to start moving into things like the hotel space, you've kind of got to have a brand, you've got to be business fronting, but at the same time, you, you know, what, what's the criticism that's leveled at big hotel chains like Premier Inn or Travel Lodges. It, it's the fact that they're they're soulless and they're faceless. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, how can we build a brand? Because that is very much what we're trying to do. We are trying to build a hospitality brand, but also show that there are people behind it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So we send a video out where we give a personalized welcome message and they know that they can reach us and and, and that kind of thing. We also have like lots of kind of I guess touch points for the guests physically at the property um, mm -hmm. where they can actually get in touch with us. And as I said, that we point them in the direction of our local recommendations. So they feel that, you know, they've got that personal kind of hand-holding experience. Yeah, I they've guess, been with, taken care yeah. of, but they yeah, don't have you buzzing around them, asking them every two seconds, are you okay? Do you need this? Do you need that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it also comes down to the support that we provide as part of our our team, I guess. You know, we we do have... We do have a couple of managers now, a couple of essentially virtual assistants that help us run the day-to-day -day aspects of the business, including liaising with the guests. And um, we are, when we onboard those staff and as we continue to provide support to the staff, it's very much around the guest experience, right down to the detail of the way in which we engage them. So we, uh, like an element of their pay is performance related. And it's very much tied to the guest experience. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very much tied to the performance in terms of revenue generated, but how that is linked to guest satisfaction. And we, we, we it doesn't matter whether that person is op is more focused on operations or whether they're more focused on guest front guest fronting kind of hospitality. Mm -hmm. They're all performance incentivized in the same way because ultimately it all contributes to the same feeling of a premium guest experience. If our operations manager is sorting out maintenance issues very quickly and very efficiently and is liaising with the guest and letting them know what's happening every step of the way, that's going to lead to great reviews. Yes. Just as much as our sales manager, who's actually dealing with them throughout the course of the, of the booking. Yeah. So, you know, we have, we, 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 we train the staff. We, we, we talk to them a lot about, top and tailing messages, making sure that, you know, let's face it, not all of the guests that we deal with are always, you know, as pleasant as we would like. <laughs> it's no, safe to that, you know, that happens. So, yeah, because, you know, you're going at scale. So you can't yeah. be as hands-on as you have been in the past. And as you grow, you'll have to step back a bit because someone needs to steer the ship, if you will, right? Yeah. And you've got the staff there, your team members below you to 
to, to take on those details. I love the idea of the welcome video from you yeah. and Caroline, you know, showing that face behind the brand. Because exactly. even though the contractors are just like, okay, I need a place to stay, but I don't want to stay in a hotel. You know, I want some space. I want to be able to make my meals or whatever. You know, it just goes to show that there's somebody there, you know, and somebody has cared for that space and has put together the, the property for them. And it goes to building that connection, that relationship, doesn't it, between the guest, 100%. the guest and the host? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, I think, I think that's absolutely key. And you know, we certainly feel, you know, we've got a bank of kind of anecdotal evidence now that shows that, you know, they're more likely to review you positively if they see the face behind the brand. You know, they understand that we're a small family business. You know, give us a chance to solve issues if if you if you encounter anything, and, and we'll get onto that and we'll solve it quickly. And I think building that kind of relationship is what's really important. If if you if all they see is a kind of a faceless brand, that there's a disconnect there, and and they're much more likely we find to be a lot less sympathetic with you know the way that they. Yeah notify you about things that have come up during the issue in the way that ultimately that reflects in reviews, I guess. And it's also how they treat the property. I yeah. find that, you know, when you go to a, a faceless, soulless place, you know, the guests are thinking, well, you know, they have no connection yeah. with who owns it, who cleans it, anything. So, you yeah. know, they may not treat the place as nicely as as they will, whether they would with somebody who they know whose place it is, yeah. you know, and they've got those those faces. I so, tell you what's really interesting. Yeah. Sorry, just just yeah. sorry to interrupt, but one of the things that we're actually in the process of implementing at the moment is a chatbot. Now that might seem like a strange thing to bring up when we're talking about personalization, because why am I talking about, you know, essentially a robot? Yeah. Um but again, it's how we craft that flow of guest communication to make sure like you know what what what's key to the guest the key is that they have their questions answered that we're responsive that they feel they're getting what they need when they need it and obviously when you're operating 60 plus units mm -hmm. with the best in the world you know keeping up response time and making sure that you know, there's nothing more disconcerting than if you can't get into a property, you've arrived late or something isn't working or you've arrived late and the heating isn't on or something mm -hmm. like that. Not being able to get hold of the host and get the answers you need, things like that fester very, very quickly. So we're actually introducing a chatbot, not because we're trying to distance ourselves from the guest, quite the opposite. We're trying to make sure that we maintain that level of responsiveness as we scale. Well, and that's it. And we know in this industry that problems do not happen between nine and five, Monday to Friday. Yeah. You know, the problems normally happen at like midnight on a Saturday, you know, yeah. so you've got to make it manageable for yourselves as well as, you know, taking care of the guests. So yeah. I think that's a great thing. What other things are you doing to really personalize that experience? Maybe talk us about Talk us through what you're doing with the luxury um, places on the South Coast. Well, I, th I think that, that that's we're, we're so passionate about this particular space at the moment because I think, you know, the industry is changing really quickly. Expectations of guests are evolving by the day. And when we launched Stay New Forest, we didn't necessarily, we started uh, investing in hotels and holiday lets down on the South Coast because we love the area. 
And um, it was also a foot in the door for us to be able to spend more time in a part of the country that we love. And it, it kind of grew quite organically. But when we started to look at the the service and the offering that other managing agents were providing in that area, we really felt that there was um, an opportunity to to tap in more to the whole experiences side of things. Mm. And, you know, I think we realized pretty quickly that there are beautiful properties in amazing locations in the New Forest in England are 10 a penny. Like they're, they're just, it's just a beautiful part of the world. And Yes, you know, we want to make sure that people understand that we've got beautiful places for them to stay. But equally, it's about adding to the memories that they create when they are when when they stay with us, because ultimately that's what they're going to take away with them. And if we can be instrumental, to put my business hat on now, yeah. if we can be instrumental in helping them have a, a truly authentic kind of new forest experience. You know, tapping into what the what the area has to offer, rather than just dropping in and dropping out again. You know, we encourage them to engage with local suppliers, you know, local services, local shops and restaurants, and independent retailers, etc. Then they're going to associate our brand with the fantastic experience that that, that they've had on that particular holiday. So, but you know, we have to put systems around that. So. We are focusing very much on the kind of upsells side of things and how we link with local suppliers and local providers to provide that upsell experience to people to bolt on to the wonderful property that they've booked to stay in. So we've linked with, we've got cycle tours of the new forest. We've got chocolate making experiences. We've got, there's a lady who does foraging in the forest and uses it at the stuff they find to make cocktails with. And you're all uh, private chefs, all of this sort of stuff, really tapping into some amazing local suppliers and, and, and producers to add to those memories. So that's really the route we're going down more with the luxury stays. And that's where I really see, I don't know if you see it the same, but that's where I see that side of the, the industry really going is down the experiences side of things. I totally agree. Completely agree. And that's what I seem like every conversation I'm having on the podcast goes into the experience and that it's like yeah. that destination marketing about it's it's no longer about your property you know yeah. i've got five beds well good for you you know i've got yeah. such and such cotton you know linen who cares at this fixed yeah. stage you know yeah. it's that it's those experiences that make the memories which is exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah 100 percent, and and that's one of our favorite things about what we get to do now, you know, we, yes, we've got some beautiful properties, but, you know, being able to get out and meet with these suppliers and, you know, it's a great excuse, isn't it? To test drive all the local restaurants and cafes and yes, <laughs> make sure yes. you're, you're, you're providing those hand-picked recommendations. So, yeah, I, I think, I definitely think that's the way it's going. And, and I think that is... Ultimately, if you look at it from a business point of view, that is what is going to separate you from the competition. Mm. Otherwise, how else do you how else do you add value, you know, other than to 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 add these additional experiences to the stay? No, and when you look at it, when you look at it against hotel stays and you know vacation rentals, holiday lets, the difference between the two, you know, this is really where we can make our mark is the experiences, yeah. you know, they're already, the guest is already choosing a vacation rental, a holiday let as a place for the whole family 
or a couple or whoever the ideal guest is to stay and to create those memories. So let's provide them with even more um, for them to make those memories together. I think that's great. I really do. Because I think, as you're saying, I think this is the way the industry is, is leaning towards. And it's how we can make ourselves different from our competitors. And away from that mentality of heads on bends. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, ultimately, again, put your business hat on. You know, we're, we're, we're scaling a brand here. We're building a business. And who are they more likely to... We're, we're here to talk about direct bookings, right? So who are they more likely to come back to, you know, if they link you and your brand with those memories and those experiences, they're more likely to tell their friends. They're more likely to tell their, you know, that, that oh, had this amazing uh, holiday down in the new forest and we did X, Y, and Z. And, oh, you know, who did you book that through? And, you know, it's it's tapping into to that side of things, isn't it? It is. And I love, I love what you're doing with building your brand and that you've got, you've got, you've made your, made it harder for yourself having two separate brands in two mm. separate places of the country. But yeah. I love that you, what you've done because you're really tapping into the ideal guest for those businesses. Yeah. Now, how are you getting people to book on your website, on your direct booking websites instead of using all the channels? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. That's the, the holy grail, isn't it? To, to try and drive those direct bookings. It's a really interesting one. I mean, we, so we look at this in, in, in various ways. So we are active on social media. We're particularly, again, this is still very much hot off the press work in progress, but we are really trying to like, if it, let's say for example, for Stay New Forest, we might post four or five times a week on social media. I would say one of those posts is going to be about a property. The rest of it is going to be about, you know, it's going to be an Instagram reel or it's going to be a TikTok video of us actually doing one of the experiences or out and about in the forest and showing what's possible um, and and really kind of building that community around people who just are passionate about the area and 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 love what 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 there is to do. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it sounds strange, but the accommodation is like secondary to that in a sense. Yeah. So to the point where, and this is this is certainly not a plug by by any means, but it's important to mention that uh, the the domain name that we chose for Stainy Forest is stainyforest.info. and we chose that very deliberately, um, and that was because you know we really want to position ourselves as one of the go to tourism resources, if you like, mm-hmm. online for people who are passionate about the forest who've maybe been there before or maybe grew up there and have got a connection with the area. And we use our website to showcase the best restaurants, to showcase the best places to visit. Oh, by the way, we also do accommodation. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how we want it to be. We want people to come to us because we are the, the destination you know, portal, if you like. And, oh, have you seen that they actually have accommodation that you can book directly through their website? And yeah. it's almost that secondary as opposed to, hey, you know, look at this property, book this. We've got a special offer on this book here. And then, oh, by the way, you can go for a nice walk in the forest. Yes. You know. It's- no, and I, I completely agree. You know, it's something that I do with clients. I always like to say you're bringing people into your website by a side door, you know, especially yes. with use, the use of blogs and things like that about lo- the local area 
about you know, experiences that they can have. You're bringing people in and then they go, oh, yeah, I want to come here. Oh, I can stay here. Oh, great. You know, the accommodation is second now. And I yeah. think that it's hard for those starting out to get their head around because yeah. they've been so much into that, putting this place together. We need guests. We want to do it. But I'll have people to come to me that don't have a website yet. And we'll talk about domain names. And they yeah. will have thought of this really cute title. And I'm like, okay, I hate to burst your bubble, but let's be clever about it instead. You know, let's not use the name of your house or, or your business. Let's look at your area and what people are going to be searching for, what your ideal guest is going to be searching for. And it exactly. sounds like you guys have done that exact thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's right. And it's it's not an overnight thing. It's not, you know, this is not going to happen. Uh, you know, we've got to build a community and we've got to build trust and we've got to build, you know, that 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 takes time to create that. Um, because actually, when you look at how do we drive direct bookings, it's a really interesting one because I actually talk to our staff a lot about what's the best use of their time? How can they be most efficient in driving direct bookings? And actually, that is more about how do we convert bookings from people who book through an OTA, so who book through Airbnb or Booking.com, how do we demonstrate to them that the next time that they book, they would be better off, that we can look after them better, we can provide them with a more personalized mm -hmm. service, and we build that trust. And in many ways, I find that it's 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 more productive for our staff to put their energies into that and create those conversions than you know cold calling and tr and trying to 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 fish for those those bookings externally. So we put a lot of work into that. We have physical marketing at the property that highlights how they can book with us, why they should book with us. Mm -hmm. We have automated messages that make that very clear because it's about building trust, isn't it, at the end of the day? It is. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was just about to say the word that we haven't used yet is trust. And it all comes down to that, you know, so it's that trust of people when they come across your website and they're like, who is this person? You know, so yeah. showing your face, leading into the experiences in the, the area that shows trust that you are yeah. who you say you are, you know, if they're yeah. a new guest, but for returning guests, you never want to pay the OTA twice for the same guest, do you? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. have quite a, what's potentially quite a controversial take on trust within what we do. I, my personal experience, certainly ninety percent of the time, is that the guests actually trust the OTAs. That 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 that's been my experience. And if you think about it, it's kind of human nature. Like you know, we all know we should shop local, but not all of us do it. You mm. know that. that we nip to Aldi or we nip to you know, Tesco or the big yeah. brands because it's convenient, because it's easy, because we know what we're going to get, et cetera, et cetera. We know we should support local suppliers, but we don't always do it. And mm -hmm. certainly, you know, we we only see it from our side of the fence and we go, how on earth could a guest possibly trust Booking.com over us well-intentioned hosts who are, you know, yeah. all of this, but, but they don't. And, and actually, my experience has been a lot of guests are very on their guard when, when when you first try to to reach out and build that trust. You know, you send them a payment link for a deposit or or a link to their guest portal, all, all with the best of intentions. Like, oh, what what's this link? Should I be clicking on this? I'm not sure what this is. Can this not go through the platform? 
you know, and you're there saying, oh, you know, come on, it's, give me a break. But we have to work really hard to change that perception, if you like, and and explain to to guests how they would be better off booking with us directly. And and that's that's not easy. That I don't think I think no. it doesn't come as automatically as you might think. No, and it's sort of one guest at a time. It's a slow process because, you know, I'm not going to throw Airbnb under the bus, but just saying, you know, they've been around, what, 10 years now or whatever it's been over that. And they have put the guest first in everything they've done. I was actually watching a video the other day and they were saying that um, Airbnb was walking a tightrope between the guest and the host. And I was like, no, they're not. The host doesn't even get a look at you guys. It's yeah. the guest. They've all been about the guest from, from day one. So the guest has sort of grown up with this platform saying, you know, do everything through the platform. Nothing out there is safe. You know, that's the message that they've been given. And it's up Very to us so. now to sort of say, actually, you know, yeah. that's not true. You know, yeah. these are small businesses, you know, people are behind them. They want to give you the best experience that you they can give you. And it's yeah. that trust. And that is yeah. the missing, the missing link that I think a lot of people don't get. They're all over social media, but they're posting all about their property, you know, sell, 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 come and book, book, book. But that doesn't get that trust across. I guess that's exactly the message I'm coming with and my experience has been that, you know, just because you have an all singing, all dancing, direct booking website, which of course you have to have, just because you've got a nice glossy looking social media wall, which of course you need to have, that doesn't mean you can automatically just sit back and expect everyone to come flocking to you directly. It it doesn't work like that. You have to 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 build that trust and add value. You know, yes. you've got to be adding yeah. value so that people start to associate you that experience like like we talked about so yeah it's 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 hard work but equally there is a there is a process to it that you you've got to be consistent with it it's about how you communicate with the guests you know so for example we have a different cancellation policy for direct booking guests we have a flexible approach to things like check-in and check-out um it's it's just little touches like that that show that, you know, just get them to start to think, oh, hold on a second. Maybe actually there is a reason for me to, to come to this person directly. Yeah. But it takes time to build up that rapport. And, you know, don't don't be alarmed, I guess, if you're just starting out. And actually, some guests are quite, their guard is up. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all used to, are we, phishing attempts and, you know, scams and all that. And naturally, people are a little bit on their guard when they start getting you know, links and notifications from a platform they're not familiar with. And familiarity is really what trust is all about. Mm-hmm. No, I think you've you've nailed it on the head there. You really, really have. And I think that, yeah, just one guest at a time, you know, when they've stayed with you, they've booked that platform, you know, because it's not always about price. I think that's another no. thing that you know, we're like, oh, you get the best price if you book direct. But that's not always the thing. I think the trust issue is even more important to guests for them to book direct than the saving money. Yeah. it's it, And again, it I come full circle because it really comes back to your target market. I think with our working stays, ultimately they are very 
price sensitive. They are very aware of price and they will be much more like receptive to uh, a potential discount or an opportunity to save a bit of money on the next working stay. So that is really much the focus. We have um, fallen into the trap before of, of using exactly the same communication style with our luxury holiday let market. Yeah. And, and we've had the, totally the opposite response. We had it quite recently, actually, or we felt that was a bit spammy and we didn't like the fact that you were telling us that we could save money on our next day. You know, they they didn't like that approach. They're much more around, look, you know, how can we help you personalize your stay? What are you looking to try and do while you're in the area? Can we help you build a, a bit of an itinerary for your stay? You know, it's much more that sort of thing. It's, so again, it yeah. comes back to knowing your market. And it's almost like becoming a concierge for them, isn't it? You exactly. know, yeah. which exactly. that's what you would have in a high-end hotel versus yeah. something like a, a budget Premier Inn travel lodge or a Holiday yeah. Inn Express, you know, those kind of things. The front desk will help you, but having that concierge who knows you, knows what you want, you know, I think, yeah, tapping into that ideal guest and knowing them inside and out is what allows you to then go about doing the personalization as well as the trust. And that's exactly how we systemize it. So we have various options, various upsells once they've been through our online check-in process, but they're pretty much all on a request only. And that comes through to one of our managers and the job is basically to act as the concierge. So she will take the requirement you know, how many of you are there? Have you got any specific dietary requirements? What are you looking for? Mm. And she'll then go to the supplier and go, I've got guests looking for this. You know, what's your availability, et cetera. Et cetera. And she will broker that on mm -hmm. their behalf. And, it, and it's, you know, it's a service that we can provide. And that's how we're adding value. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love what you're doing. And this new brand, I think, is really, really amazing. Now, I can't let you go without asking you, what does direct booking success mean to you? It's really interesting because I've, as you can probably tell, I'm passionate about systems. I'm passionate about automating things. And ultimately, like I've said all the way through, you know, we are, we are running and growing a business. So for me, direct booking success basically means sustainability, means longevity. And it means the fact that we're building a business that actually has value. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it has a, a tangible existence and it thrives beyond myself and Caroline having to have our hand on the tiller all the time, you know, because if, if you build a client base, if you build that trust, you, you've got a business that can sustain itself. If ultimately five years down the line or 10 years down the line, we decide we've had enough of all of this and, you know, we want to move the business on kind of thing, then going to a, a potential buyer, for example, just as this is a, just an easy, clear-cut example and saying, yeah, our business involves sticking it on Airbnb and hoping that people book. You've got no value there. That, that's, that's not actually a business in, in that sense. The fact that you know we've got a loyal customer base who come back to us year in and year out or week in and week out for working contracts is that we have a business that has sustainability and it has value. Um, that for me is what it's all about. Uh, obviously, you know, it's financially beneficial for us to drive direct bookings as opposed to pay OTA commissions. But for me, it's about more than that. It's about starting with the end in mind. What are we trying to create here and building something that has value that ultimately we have options with in the future? 
Love it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming on today. I'm going to put your links in the show notes. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Instagram. uh, I'm coaching.winners is my Instagram handle. So I'm on Instagram as coaching.winners. I've also recently had my arm twisted into being on TikTok. So (laughs) I'm on TikTok as coaching winners as well. So you can look me up there, stay.newforest on Instagram if you want to have a look at some of the stuff that we're doing on there. And then my wife and I also have a podcast that, that yeah, we are, we are, it's, I don't know if it's like a, a weight around our necks now, or, or, or but we, we, we love doing it. it. It's almost like it's our equivalent of a, a therapy couch, I think, at the end of the week, because yeah. we run a podcast where we literally give it warts and all. You right. Know, we, and it we, is called? It's the Secret Service Podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially a day-to-day account. Well, it's weekly, but we relate everything that we go through, the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. And if we're having issues with cleaners or maintenance or guests, you know, we've had tears, we've had shouting, we've had laughter. We literally open the doors, I guess, to the inner workings of our of our business. So if nothing else, if anybody's listening to this who is involved in um, you know, hospitality and short stay rentals, they will at least relate to a lot of what we go through on the podcast, I would imagine. Well, definitely. And so many, you know, if you look at the glossy world of Instagram, you know, not very many people are showing them, you know, scrubbing toilets, which yeah. we've all done and we all do. Was, oh, I that love was in the, this. That was in the latest episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I love it that you're, you know, being completely transparent and it's a, it's a place to sort of vent out some of those things and we can all identify with what you guys are, are talking about, you and your wife, Caroline. And you're it's just... It's funny, sometimes we, yeah. sorry, sometimes we worry that we're putting more people off short stay rentals than we are attracting to it, but it seems to be the opposite. It does seem to be landing with people who can relate to what we're doing and actually find the, you know, th- th- there are so many training courses and what have you out there, aren't there, about short stay rentals and service accommodation and rent to rent and all of this. And just my personal take, but very few of them are really showing you the real life of what it's like to be a short-term rental host. And I guess that's all we're trying to achieve. It seems to be landing with people. We get some lovely comments about it and people who genuinely are following our journey, laughing with us, crying with us. And you know, so we'll keep going for it as long as we, we seem to be adding value there. So, Yeah, no, I think it's great because there is, you can look anywhere to see that sort of STR, guru, get rich quick thing, which y'all know the difference. So I don't think you're putting people off. I think you're just showing that the real world, it it takes some work. No one's just going to give you millions, you know, unless you're born into it, I guess. But we weren't that lucky, were we? (laughs) No, not at all. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on today. And I'll put those links in the show notes. I'll put a link to your podcast too. And I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.